This podcast is brought to you by EverythingVoluntary.com. My name is Skylar Collins, and this is Thinking and Doing. In this podcast, I examine logical fallacies, cognitive biases, stoic teachings from masters past and present, and tips on being better at life. I hope it will be as instructive to you as it is to me in the pursuit of thinking and doing well. Be sure to check out and subscribe to the Voluntarist Voices podcast brought to you by EverythingVoluntary.com. Voluntarist Voices is a podcast featuring lectures, interviews, and audio essays by intellectual giants past and present. Hello and welcome to the podcast. We're going to look at some Stoic teachings today. We're going to start with Holiday and Hanselman's book, the entry for October 23rd, uh, which just happens to be my second child's birthday. thought that was a nice coincidence. And then we're going to look at something from Reddit that I found interesting from the uh, Stoicism subreddit. All right. This begins with a quote from Marcus Aurelius out of Meditations 5.5. People aren't in awe of your sharp mind, so be it. But you have many other qualities you can't claim to have been deprived of at birth. Display then those qualities in your own power. Honesty, dignity, endurance, chastity, contentment, frugality, kindness, freedom, persistence, avoiding gossip, and magnanimity. Not everybody is born super smart or super beautiful or athletic. I think athleticism. Athleticism is something that you can get better at. Um, but I think there is a genetic component there. Um, and that's fine. You're not going to have everything. Nobody's going to have everything. But you'll have a lot of other stuff. Okay, There are virtues, for example, or wise practices that you can be really good at. And you can make it a point of being known for that. Okay, people might be known for their brains, others by their beauty. You can be known for your kindness, your dignity, your honesty, your magnanimity, your persistence, your courage, your, fr your frugality, right? These are also qualities. They're also important qualities, right? We could say beauty isn't everything. Brains isn't everything. Yeah, they're great. They're helpful. But how helpful are these other things? How helpful are these for you? How helpful are these for others? Let's read what the authors write. It's easy to blame our circumstances. One person curses that they weren't, they weren't born taller. Another that they're not smarter, with a different complexion, or born in a different country. It'd be hard to find a single person on this planet, from supermodels on down, who doesn't think they're deficient in at least some way. But whatever your perceived deficits are, remember that there are positive qualities that you can develop that don't depend on genetic accidents. You have the choice to be truthful. You have the choice to be dignified. You can choose to endure. You can choose to be happy. You can choose to be chaste. You can choose to be thrifty. You can choose to be kind to others. You can choose to be free. You can persist under difficult odds. You can avoid trafficking and gossip. You can choose to be gracious. And honestly, aren't the traits 
that are the result of effort and skill more impressive anyway? Well, they may or may not be more impressive. It really depends on, it really depends, you know, it depends on the person, right? Everybody values these things differently. Some people only value smarts and other people only value looks and other people truly only value honesty and kindness. And these things aren't showy, really, right? They're not showy. They're not flashy. They're not uh, head turners, usually, right? Beautiful lady walks in the room, everybody's head turns, right? Somebody who is known to be a genius, you know, walks into a room, everybody's head turns. They want to see the genius. (laughs) Go with me here. But I think that we can cultivate and practice these other qualities and really develop them because we can choose to, right? I, I truly believe that we have a choice for these things. We can, you know, in every interaction we have, at every moment that passes, we have a choice on how we're going to behave and how we're going to relate the person we're going to be. And I like the, the title of the show, the qualities you were made for. Show the qualities. And even if you do have beauty and you do have brains, it's probably a good idea to also develop and show these other qualities. Okay, let the beauty, let the brains just be the cherry on top of who you are, right? Be the better person. Be the good person that matches the beauty, that matches the brains. It's kind of a trope in Hollywood that when there's somebody with beauty, they don't have a lot of brains. And when there's somebody with brains, they don't have a lot of uh, compassion or empathy or care about other people. They're kind of a, kind of a jackass, right? But that's, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. That's Hollywood being Hollywood. Beauty doesn't mean you you can't have these other qualities. Beauty doesn't mean you can't have brains and brains doesn't mean you can't have beauty and you can't have honesty and dignity and endurance and contentment and frugality and kindness and persistence and graciousness and so forth and wisdom. Okay. So let's, uh, Let's go on from that one. Let's head over to Reddit, subreddit, Stoicism. This is one I came across. It wasn't it wasn't one that I looked for in preparation for recording like I usually do. This is one I came across, I think, yesterday or maybe the day before. Written by a user named Muscle Bowie. I'll link to it so you can join the conversation if you like. The title of the post is The Alternate Reality of Should. They write, There is a dimension. A dimension not of sight or sound, but of mind. It is both in the future and past, but never the present. It has no physical location, but for many of us, we live there. It is the dimension of should. How should have things happened? What I should have done. I should be better. Should is the alternate reality, where we got what we wanted and we were happy. We did the wrong thing at the wrong time, and that is why we feel disappointed. We should have known better. We might even banish others to the should dimension. Like Zod from Superman 2 spinning out into space. They should, they should have known better. But this should reality does not exist and never will exist. It is a dimension of right and wrong in a morally gray world. What the should dimension fails to address is who we were in that moment. Our motivations, our emotions, our limitations. It demands more of us with little room for reasons. Once we recognize that we are the same person just with different experiences, we can then empathize with ourselves. We can empathize with others. We can meet our needs in the future. We can meet the needs of others. We will no longer see things as how they should be. We will see things as how they are. And only then will we be living in reality. 
I really like this. I've got a couple different things to say about it. I'll start with this one. Um, I don't know if it was this podcast or my other one at this point, but I've talked before about uh, how uh, how we approach our children when they do something, quote unquote, wrong. Now, I don't believe in the concept of bad behavior when it comes to children. I believe that there's just behavior that might be incompatible with my preferences. Okay, but it's not bad behavior. Children are not bad. I don't think they're capable of it. I think they make mistakes and they do things that I would prefer they not or others like my wife or other siblings would prefer that they not. And we like to label that bad behavior. And we do that in, in my opinion, a misguided goal to shame them, to cause them to feel shame about what they did, right? They should not have done that or they should have done things differently, right? It's this, this should dimension like this guy talks about. And so what I tell my kids when, when a mistake is made is that it doesn't matter to me who did it. It doesn't matter, right? When they're trying to point fingers at each other, something happens and I, and I notice, I happen to notice. If I don't notice and they, they take care of it, then it doesn't matter. If something happens and I notice and it's like, wait, who did this? I don't, you know, I don't like this. This, this isn't how I prefer the state of affairs in front of me. What's going on? Why is it this way? Is what I'm asking, right? What, what happened here? And so there's, you know, there's the finger pointing and I just say, look, I, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me who did it. I'm not mad. I might be sad if something of mine has been damaged. Um, I might be annoyed, but I'm not mad at you. Okay. We don't punish in this house. You're not going to get in quote unquote, get in trouble. And no, 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 no matter how many times we have this conversation, my five-year-old still gets upset when she accidentally does something to another kid and that kid gets upset about it. And then my five-year-old gets upset at the first kid saying, you're going to get me in trouble. And I'm like, where is this coming from? She, she, she sees people get in play trouble, like on YouTube and stuff. So she has this idea of getting in trouble that doesn't actually come from her lived experience. Anyway, so there's this, this blame game, right? They did it. They did it. And I'm just like, look, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I just want to know how it happened. And I want all of us to learn from that. That's it. That, that, that's it. Okay. Nobody needs to be punished. Nobody needs to be shamed. Nobody needs to be hurt over this. It doesn't matter. Okay. That's, that's, that's living in the should dimension. You should have known better. And now I'm going to hurt you to just to make you suffer. It's not necessary. It's truly not necessary. It's not compassionate. It's not empathetic. It's not respectful. Okay. In my opinion. And it's just totally unnecessary. People will learn things. They'll learn how to do things better when you just teach them how to do things better. You don't need to hurt them. You don't need to punish them. All right. So there's that. Now give me a second why I think about the second thing. <laughs> okay. Here's the second thing. This word should, it conveys or implies obligation. And more often than not, there is no obligation. It doesn't actually exist. Okay, the universe does not obligate us to do anything. We may be contractually obligated to do something, and that's, that's pretty much it. Explicit contract, you've promised to do something, you're now obligated to do it. But it's a self-obligation. You not only agreed to it explicitly, willingly, but you're also taking the consideration. You're also taking uh, whatever it is that was provided as far as the terms of the contract, 
and you should give give up your side, right? Contracts are typically two ways. They're title transfers. You're receiving something. You're now obligated. Lest you be, uh, lest you be a fraud or a thief, you're now obligated to give what you promised. But outside of that, there's really no obligation. And when we throw around this word should, we're implying obligation. Okay, you should do this. I should do that. They should do this. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. I don't think so. I've never seen the obligation. I don't, I think you're just making this up, right? You're just what a friend calls shooting on somebody. You're shooting on them or they're shooting on you. I don't think it's a good idea to be shooting on anybody, especially yourself. And I think some of the reasons is what this person talked about here, the should dimension. Um, another reason is that there's really no point in shooting about the past. What's important is learning from it and, to, and, and adding to wisdom, right? That's what the experience will give you, knowledge and wisdom, and you just move forward. And then this idea of obligation, right? Whenever you hear somebody in a, in a debate or a conversation using this word should, it might be instructive to poke at it a bit. You said should. This implies obligation. What is the source of this obligation? Can you explain that to me? Where does this come from? Where it typically comes from is just their own personal values and preferences. I think you should do this because that's how I want people to behave. And that's it. That's the source. My other podcast, which is called Everything Voluntary, at the very beginning, during the theme music, it says, the voluntary principle states that all human relations should happen by mutual consent, or not at all. And then it goes on to say, this podcast aims at promoting respect for the voluntary principle in all walks of life and for all age groups. And that's, you know, that's, that's the key principle of the podcast, the voluntary principle. But you'll notice inside there it says, should, all human relations should happen by mutual consent. What is the source of that should? Me. I'm the source of that should. That's the world I want to live in. I want to live in a world where everybody respects the voluntary principle. That's it. I'm the source. And if you want to live in that world, then you're the source. Okay, it's not, it's not an obligation created by the universe. Okay, there, there probably are undesirable consequences for not respecting the voluntary principle. And if you want to avoid those consequences, then you should, on that basis, self-obligation, you should respect the voluntary principle. That's it. It's that simple. But there are really good reasons to do so. And there are really good reasons on why you should avoid not doing so. <laughs> and that's a lot of the stuff I talk about in that particular podcast. And and I apply it to political relationships. I apply it to market relationships, familial relationships, parent-child parent relationship. And that's what I do. And I have a lot of different ways of doing that. But it's, you know, it's a normative thing, right? Obviously, it's a normative thing. When you say should, you're talking norms, okay? You're not talking means and ends and so forth. You might be, right? But unless you state the end and you state why the particular means that one should employ to achieve that end is consistent with doing so and will get you there. But the end, there's no obligation to choose the end, okay? Unless, unless we've obligated ourselves contractually or whatever. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Let's review. We talked about quality. Show the qualities you were made for. Brains and beauty are nice. But how important are they when you truly stack them up against these other qualities? Honesty, dignity, frugality, kindness, magnanimity, and so forth. 
then we talked about should. We talked about the alternate reality of should, the dimension of should. How should have things happened? What I should have done? I should be better. It might be a good idea to strike that word um, from your vocabulary. Okay, whenever you whenever you hear yourself saying that, stop and think. What's the point? Why am I saying this? Is it even necessary? It's probably not. Instead, learn from the past and just do better in the future. You can. You can do better. Okay, that'll do it. Thank you so much for listening and have a better day. Please send your comments or questions to thinkinganddoingpodcast at gmail.com. Will you do me a big favor? Will you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening from? That really helps. And one more thing, please share the podcast with your friends. 